0: Once a diplomat, now a defector, today on The World. I'm Marco Werman. Tae Yong-ho was a North Korean diplomat, then he defected, and Pyongyang is not happy. Human scum is the phrase that's used. And they've thrown all kinds of allegations that he embezzled money... Uh, that he's basically the lowest of the low human scum. Also, how storytelling is helping heal the wounds of Guatemala's civil
1: war. When you talk, you take back your freedom because if you don't talk about what's happening, you're allowing the perpetrators to keep you in silence.
0: Plus, a filmmaker tells the stories of migrants with their help. At certain points in the film, I hand over to them to film the rest of it on their cell phones. That's all coming up today here on The World. Thanks for being with us on this Tuesday. And we start today in Hawaii. The solemn notes of a bugle as Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe paid his respects at the National Memorial Cemetery of the Pacific in Honolulu. Abe's trip to Hawaii also today included a historic visit to the USS Arizona Memorial at Pearl Harbor. That was a first for a sitting Japanese Prime Minister. More than 2,300 Americans died 75 years ago in the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor. And today's visit is an important moment in U.S.-Japanese relations, according to Sheila Smith. She's with the Council on Foreign Relations.
1: I think 70, 75 years ago, we were adversaries in war. That legacy in Japan and in the United States continues to be a deep one. And the generation that fought in that war is now passing away. So you have survivors in Japan. From the atomic bombings, you have survivors in Pearl Harbor that Prime Minister Abe met today who are in their 90s. So we have a generational transformation, I think, that's absolutely critical to pay attention to in our countries, in both of our countries. But I think Asia is also rapidly changing, and there are new countries, new efforts at commemorating the war that may not be as easy to mend. And, of course, that's the Japanese relationship with China, the Japanese relationship with South Korea. So there's a certain effort, I think, by President Obama and Prime Minister Abe to model the way of addressing the losses of the past, but beginning to look forward. Yeah, what do you think that modeling says about
0: the U.S.-Japanese relationship right now at the end of eight years of President Obama?
1: The rebalance to Asia, which is the policy that President Obama articulated for the United States, was really an attempt to rebalance our relationship with Asia, you know, our future depends on a great relationship with the countries of the Asia Pacific, both economically, politically. It is the focal point today of one of the biggest geostrategic changes in the world, and that's the rise of China. So I think for President Obama, this will be his last state visit as president. Uh, It's interesting to note that a Japanese prime minister was his first state visit back in 2009. So the U.S.-Japan partnership for the president has been an important piece, a centerpiece in some ways of his rebalance. But what could uh, could a Trump
0: presidency do to alter this path of rebalancing with Asia?
1: I don't know that President Trump will want to alter the rebalance. I think he will not want to call it the rebalance. Um, But I think we don't yet know what the strategic approach is going to be of a Trump administration towards Asia. He clearly has signaled that he wants to reset the relationship between the United States and China. He did that on the campaign trail. He's done it since he's been elected. And he continues to signal to China that it's not going to be the same. I think there's going to be a a bit of an upset in the Beijing-Washington relationship. So this will be of interest to Mr. Abe.
0: What what are Japan's greatest concerns with an incoming Trump presidency? How, How do they see him and the whole region?
1: On the campaign trail, Mr. Trump said things about Japan that worried a lot of Japanese and you know, things like, you know, South Korea and Japan should develop nuclear weapons to deal with North Korea, or that he wanted more reciprocity in the payment for U.S. forces in Japan. As president elect, he seems to have taken a step backward from that position and has been more reassuring towards U.S. allies and Mr. Abe in person when he met uh, with the president-elect in New York, what's going to be of concern to the Japanese is that the U.S.-Japan alliance remains strong. Mr. Abe, as you know, has invested heavily in the Trans-Pacific Partnership, the economic trade arrangement of 12 nations that Mr. Obama had led and advocated for but could not get to Congress to ratify. So I suspect that Mr. Abe will continue to try to persuade Mr. Trump that in fact, American leadership in the economic relationships of Asia is a critical component of their strategic cooperation. But all that being said, I think Mr. Abe will be arriving in Washington not long after Mr. Trump is inaugurated to start to work together with the Trump administration.